Well, this morning we have a little bit more time, and so Pastor TJ has asked me to share a little something. Um, and it was on my heart because, you know, we do these Christmas pageants and these things with the kids each year, and it's so exciting, and I love seeing their excitement for getting up and celebrating Christmas because this is something that they work hard on. I mean, some of them had their, their lines all memorized within a week of having them. I mean, they were just so gung-ho, and they're just so excited about this time of year. And I know personally I get excited about this time of year. It's, it's something special. You know, we sing that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. There's something just very awesome about Christmas, and I just love it. So today I'm going to talk to you about celebrating, all right? And I want to first, we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer, and then I'll get right into it. Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, long, long ago in this special way, as we just saw portrayed up there, that, that we would have this special gift of salvation that's going to come through this holy child. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so um, right after Thanksgiving, you know, a lot of the radio stations turn to all Christmas music. You, you, you kind of picked it up. There's a lot of Christmas stuff. People actually now are starting before Thanksgiving at this time. But um, we, in my car, we listen to WGTS, which is um, a Christian radio station. And they decided instead of doing just all Christmas, they're going to keep just the regular uh, Christian contemporary worship music going and then just put some Christmas music in. And I was talking to my daughter and I said, you know, well, I guess it really doesn't matter because it all celebrates Jesus anyways. And I started thinking about that statement I made. And I said, well, wait a second. But there's something about the Christmas songs that celebrate something we don't celebrate the rest of the year. All year long, we are celebrating Jesus as Christians. We should be. We're celebrating his death and his resurrection. Those are, you know, what he did for us. That's what we celebrate. But we very rarely talk about the virgin birth and the miracle of Christmas, except at the time of Advent and Christmas, right? And I, I got to think it is important to celebrate this time. Very, very important. And here's why. So first of all, I want to look back at Israel at the time of Christ, when he came on the earth. Israel was pretty, um, pretty sad. They were pretty sorrowful. They were pretty bitter. If you've ever read the New Testament, you'll see that there are quite a few Marys in there. Have you ever noticed that? A lot of people named Mary. Did you know that Mary is a Hebrew derivative of the word Mara, which is also a Hebrew name, which means bitter, sorrowful. Actually, some Hebrew traditions say that it actually meant that bitterly wished for birth, that that was the name. So they named their daughters Mary because Israel was bitter. They were sad. And not bitter in a bad sense, but bitter that, you know, they needed that Messiah. They're waiting on this promised Messiah. I mean, Isaiah prophesied long before. And so they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So the, the, the Israel, Israelites, they knew that this was coming. They just didn't know when. So they're crying out for this Messiah, and they're waiting for this Messiah. And God chose this time. And if we look in the book of Luke, which most of us are familiar with at this time of year, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 31 through 33, uh, the angel is appearing to Mary, and she's, you know, she's receiving from him what his message is to her. And, and as Adia so wonderfully portrayed, um, in our play. And the Bible says, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb 
and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Sounds very much like what was just what I just read in Isaiah, doesn't it? And here's this young woman and she is betrothed to Joseph yet they had not been consummated yet. So that, that's, and that was the tradition. They were, they were married, legally bound together, but they had not come together yet. And we know this for a fact because it says when the angel appeared to Joseph that they had not yet. And he did not know her until after the babe was born. So um, I want to talk about this conception here. So Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit came over Mary. And that's what the angel said. And so this this baby is here. It's it's a miracle. Nobody had done it. I did some research, and it was interesting because some people try to say that the the scripture in Isaiah was talking about somebody at that time, and there's no other virgin mentioned anywhere in history other than Mary. And actually, the Hebrew word for that word virgin in um, Isaiah is the virgin, not a virgin, not a young woman, but the virgin. So it's interesting. But when when Jesus was conceived. See, conception begins life. When a new mom is getting is pregnant, you can have symptoms within two weeks of conception. You can have morning sickness. You can feel fatigue. You can start feeling that the, the effects of that pregnancy pretty quickly. Conception is the beginning of life. However, when something is conceived, it's usually hidden, hidden for a while. And like just like the baby in the womb, you know, we get excited. I'm pregnant, but you're not super, you know, you're not fully, fully excited until when that baby is born. Because that can, that something could happen to that, that baby in there, that conception. We don't know. Things can happen. That baby's hidden in there, but growing. And so conception's a good time and it is life, but it is not the same as being birthed. And the difference when, when, when our babies are born, and, you know, I've had four children, I've, you know, I've had five babies, one is with the Lord right now, but I've gone through five different labors. And when that baby is born, there's something special that happens. We celebrate birthdays. We don't celebrate conception days. So it's interesting. And, and a little history here just with, with Christmas. And the, what we saw displayed up here today may not all be historically completely accurate as far as we, most of us know that it probably didn't happen on December 25th. You know, this is the date that was picked, and there's different reasons why, ideas and thoughts why the date December 25th. There's nothing been conclusive. Some people try to prove one thing, and then they find loopholes, and that's not it either. So there's lots of different reasons why they chose the 25th. But some people believe that he was probably conceived in December, knowing some of the things in the biblical account where the shepherds were grazing and, and all of the different things. So conception probably took place in December, very much, very most likely so, and, um, which is kind of neat too. The other thing is December 25th is a, is a special day because the winter solstice is on the 21st of the month. Historically, the 25th, was the first day that people actually saw more light in the day. And I think that's kind of neat. And I, I started thinking about it. When Jesus came to the earth, we're celebrating on December 25th. And I don't care why they chose December 25th, 
But there's something, God works all things together for good. And there's something about that day that there's more light on the earth on December 25th. And we're remembering and we're celebrating our Lord and Savior. Just something interesting to think about. But back to birthdays. You know, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate our children's birthdays, our family birthdays. We celebrate the birthdays of great men and women. You know, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. We, we celebrate President's Day. We're not celebrating their inauguration days. We're not celebrating Valley Forge. We're not celebrating the things that they did. We're not even celebrating the day that they died. We're celebrating their birth. And so there's an importance. It's a precedent set in our culture to celebrate birth. And I just think that's an exciting thing. And when something is birthed, a destiny is born. Every person that has been birthed on this earth has a destiny and has something to achieve and accomplish. This is the moment that they, they leave that protection of the womb, the baby does, and it comes out, and, and now life begins. Life officially begins for that child. And then their destiny and the great things that they're going to do. So when some, it, with, with the beginning of something, Christ was born on a, on a day, whatever day it was, it doesn't matter, but he was born. He was birthed into the, uh, this earth. And along with his birthing came something else, came hope. So going back to what Israel was going through, they were bitter, they were sorrowful, they needed something, they were crying out for their Messiah. They had lost their hope in a lot of ways. I mean, if everybody's named bitterness and sorrow, I would say you're, you're kind of doubting something's going to change. So there's need, a need for hope. And on that morning, you, you listen to what the angels proclaimed. And a lot of the, the things that the angels that we talked about up there, that was in the scripture. Those are the things that the angels said to the shepherds. Look, there's this baby going to be born. And these people all were witnesses. They knew something was great happening that special night, whatever night it was. They got some hope. There was a hope that said to his people, Israel, your Messiah is here. Things will be different now. There's a hope that, a prom that promised a kingdom that would never end. They, they may not have understood how the Messiah was coming, going to come, and they had their own ideas, and we know this when we read the gospel further, and the disciples and how they tried to make things happen. But they still now had the hope, and they knew that the Messiah is in the land. And there was an excitement. Because it says in, in, in Luke, it further down, it says, Mary held all those things inside. She knew something was going on. She knew the promise and she knew the hope. They knew that things would never be the same. I want to encourage you, if Christmas has not been something that you've really celebrated greatly, and you get wrapped up in the busyness, and I'm, I'm one. I mean, I've been super busy the last two weeks preparing for this play and for our Bethany house dinner, and it's been kind of crazy. And I've had this pondering in my heart to remind me that what we are celebrating is greater than every busyness that we have. We're celebrating the hope of the Messiah in the land. We're celebrating Jesus coming here, being birthed, birthing in us eternal life, the opportunity to have eternal life. How awesome is that? And I don't want to go this season of Advent. I don't want to go this season of Christmas and, and ignore that. I want to celebrate and engulf that. I want my children to celebrate who Christ is. Even as I sit in my living room and look at my Christmas tree and all the beautiful lights, and I sit there and say, God, thank you 
I wanted to, I, I had a thought of writing a letter to God and just thanking him just to go along with our Christmas letters. Because I tell you, he sent the greatest gift that we could ever wish for, ever hope for, those many thousands of years ago. So, yes, we celebrate 12 months out of the year the death and resurrection of Christ. And I don't want to ever stop doing that because it's that, through that work that he did what we need for our lives. However, he wouldn't have been able to do it had he never been born. So I want us to think about that. Ponder and remember his birth as you go about the next two weeks as we prepare to celebrate Christmas and be with our families and loved ones that we don't forget why we celebrate. And it doesn't matter how it comes about. The birth of the great king whose kingdom never ends is what we're celebrating. And I want to end with this scripture in Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 6 through 7, it says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God is good. And you know, you can see so many different parallels between when you look back with the children of Israel when they were in bondage to the Egyptians, and we've got a movie coming out here, you know, I think it's this weekend, I believe, about Moses or next weekend. I don't know if it'll be accurate or not. I'm not telling you to go see it out. I have no idea. But I know that the enemy has always wanted to keep God's people in bondage. And you can see that from in the Old Testament, and you can see that in the story of the birth of Christ. You can see how that the children of Israel, when they were in bondage, that God, he said, he heard, and when Moses was sent, he heard, and he saw the afflictions, and he heard their cry to, for, to be delivered and for deliverance. And so the children of Israel were delivered. You know, the enemy couldn't hold them down. But see, there were many, even though, as, even though they got delivered, even though they saw all the miracles, they saw all the plagues, they saw water part, they saw all of the things but yet there were many who still didn't believe. There were many who said, oh, we would be better off because once they got a, you know, a little adversity, a little circumstance, you know, bad circumstance began to take place where, oh, my, I'm, I'm a little hungry. We, we're, what are we going to eat or whatever this may be? There were some complaints that started to take place. And so we'd be better off, and some said, we'd be better off back in Egypt, back in bondage. And so we see that with the birth of Christ, that as, you know, King Herod, he learned that there was going to be a king, a Messiah greater than him. So what did he do? He began to kill the firstborn. He wanted to wipe out Christ. He wanted to stop it from happening. Just as, you know, the Egyptians, they knew at some point, oh, well, there's great numbers here. There's great numbers. So all the firstborn, let's, let's get rid of the firstborn sons. We've got to dwindle the number, dwindle the number, numbers down. We can't, we can't have an uprising. And just like Herod was saying, oh, we can't have an uprising. But it happened anyways. Because our God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his people. 
just like he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought the Messiah to deliver from that bitter state that Pastor Carrion was talking about because there was so much bitterness. And they were crying out for the Messiah, and God heard their cry and sent the promised one. But despite all the miracles that Jesus performed during his three-year ministry on the earth, despite all the things that different ones saw, there were still many who rejected him. There were still many who were chanting at the end, crucify him. There were many who didn't believe. Despite seeing all the miracles that were performed that Jesus did, God made in the flesh on this earth. Despite, you know, the the miracles that the children of Israel saw, they still said we'd be better off back in bondage. See, the enemy always comes to deceive. He's always there. Just as we hear the still small voice of the Lord when we read in Scripture or when we pray, we can feel God's presence. We can feel him on the inside speaking to us. Yes, we may not hear some audible voice come down speaking to us, but we feel his presence and we feel his voice. We feel his leading through his word and reading the scripture. Just in that same manner, the enemy comes and he comes with that whisper to put a thought. And the difference is we feel the Lord on the inside. The enemy is not on the inside. He just whispers in the ear. He whispers the thoughts. And so when you get the thought in your head and you don't have that feeling that you know is the Holy Spirit and you get that thought in your head that's trying to rob you of your peace, that's trying to rob you of your joy during this time of year, because for many of us sometimes, you know, the holidays, we didn't have great memories growing up maybe. Maybe you didn't have a great Christmas time through your child years. You know, and the enemy wants to come and whisper and say, you know, you're never going to have a great Christmas or, you know, this is just a, uh, you just need to just be depressed or whatever it is. What we need to do is reject that and listen to the voice on the inside that we get when we read the word of God. Reject the voice of the enemy. Just as the children of Israel cried out for a deliverer, just as in, in, when they cried out for a Messiah and God heard those prayers, God will hear your prayer. God will hear your, your prayer, the cry of your heart. As you speak to the Lord. And yeah, you know what? I hear different ones. They say, well, I prayed and this didn't happen and that didn't happen. I know that I don't know why certain prayers may get answered or certain ones don't. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's not in the Lord's timing yet. I know this, that God is in control. That God holds the whole earth in his hands. And he's got you and me in his hand. And just as Mary held baby Jesus in that same way God is holding you and holding me. And we've got to be able to put our total 100% trust in him and his word. In the last several messages, I'm going to end on this, that I've been bringing on Sundays, I've talked about the importance of the word of God. I've talked about the importance of reading his word and being renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that simply means your mindset and how you think. And as you begin to read Scripture, your mindset and what you believe and how you think begins to change. And during this time of year, sometimes it's easy to kind of set the Word of God down. Because even though we know we're celebrating the birth of Christ, it's just so busy. We may have travel plans. We may have to map out our route. We may have to plan out and we make a list of 
who all we've got to buy Christmas presents for. Then we get out there and we see in the mall, we've got all these parking spots. We've got to try to find one. We've got, <laughs> it's so tough at this time of year. We're fighting the crowds. What used to take just a few minutes to go in and grab something and come right out, it now takes 15, 20 minutes. When you say, oh, I'm just going to stop, I've got to get this gift card for so-and-so, and you go into Walmart, and then you see the lines, and you think, well, maybe I'll just write a check. <laughs> because time is, you know, you don't have as much time. Because we've still got our regular responsibilities. We still have our jobs. We still have our work. We still have the children to take care of or whatever it may be. Thank God we don't have a lawn to mow because it's nice and cold, but we've got leaves to rake. There's always something going on. We've always got things to do. And sometimes with the holidays, we've got a little extra to do. What I want to say to you as, I, you know, as we leave each other this morning is that do not forget the word. Do not forget the reading of Scripture. The scripture says to meditate day and night. And the reason why you meditate and you think about the word is because it changes your mindset. It gives you wisdom. The only true source of wisdom comes from reading the word of God. It is our Christmas letter, so to speak. Just as our drama was called Christmas letters, our Christmas letter is the word of God that he's given to us. Can we all stand this morning? church has this been good this morning have you been blessed this morning i know many of you are got travel plans and you you may not be with us this coming weekend i want to just pray over you this morning and pray a blessing over you and your travels and all of your uh you know holiday celebrations and everything that you're doing and also i want us to pray together and i want us to believe god for open doors open doors because sometimes during the holidays, we see people that we haven't seen in a long time. Maybe we've talked to them on the phone. Maybe we've said hi from long distance. But during the holidays, we get together with family, cousins, maybe some friends that we haven't seen in a long time. Let's ask the Lord to open doors for us to be able to encourage others, to be able to say a kind word to someone else, to be able to spread the love of Jesus to them. Can we do that this morning? Let's agree and pray. Father, this morning, we thank you, first of all, for our children and for the presentation that they gave to us this morning and how it reminded us that we need to be thankful for sending your son to die for us. But your son came not just to die, but to bring life, to bring life to us. And that started with his birth. And so this morning, we remember the birth of your son. And so, Father, we say thank you. And, Father, this morning also, I thank you as each one of us here together during this holiday season, during this holiday time, that we will not forget to open your word, that we will not forget to be into your word, to allow your word to wash us, to allow your word to bring us wisdom and bring us light and to give us direction, all the promises that are in your word. Lord, we can't receive your promises without reading and meditating in your word. And so, Father, remind us to be in your word. And, Lord, finally, I pray that each one here, that you would open doors for ministry during this holiday season, that we'd be able to share, maybe it's just a kind hug, a kind word, or share the love that they so desperately need at this time of year. 
Lord, I thank you for opening every door that we'd be able to recognize those doors and that they wouldn't slam shut on us without giving us time. Lord, we just give you praise going on. Lord, I just thank you for blessing each one in their travels over this time. Bless each one as we celebrate your birth at this time of year. We thank you for your anointing, your presence with each one of us as we go from here in your protection. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.